Hi, I'm Darcy Hanna, author of the Beacon Bake Shop Mystery Series, author of the Very Cherry Mystery Series, author of the upcoming Food and Spirits Mystery Series, and author of several historical fiction. Did you ever wonder where I get my inspiration for the stories I write? I get it from my family, in particular from my conversations with my three amazing and creative sons. I'll be joined by my middle son, Dan, age 29, my youngest son, Matt, age 26. We have a great relationship and we thought it would be fun to share our often wacky, often irreverent, yet always entertaining conversations with you. So buckle up and welcome to the Motherboy Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing today? Did you have a good day? Yeah, pretty good. What you yeah, got? It was good. You, I know the Bears lost after they... Thought. Don't get me started. I know. We don't even want to talk about that. Well, it's weird because like they they played really, really well. Actually, Justin Fields looked amazing. And then uh but he uh oh my god. Like the they just they they had a huge lead and they blew it and it sucked. Uh, I know. We were at um, They're the worst cool, team in the NFL. Real cool move from Chicago. They're literally the worst team in the NFL. They have to be. I mean Oh yeah, they're pretty bad. I mean they, I don't know. they traded it's, places with the Lions. Yeah, they did. Lions awesome. are not Lions are now awesome. Yeah, they're freaking we, stomping the yard know, out there. I know. Um, you know that prison movie with the football guys? The Longest Yard? Yeah, it's The Longest Yard. <laughs> with Adam Sandler? Yeah, maybe if we put those guys in prison. All the Chicago, the Chicago Bears. Bears. <laughs> they might play better. <laughs> Have them be a, a yeah. prison football team. Put a prison football Matt, team. Matt, you should write that in. Or put them on, like, Death Race or something. Death yeah, Race? Yeah, they got to race cars. <laughs> we got to race cars to be better football players. Or yeah, you guys, since we live in Michigan, you could just be Detroit Lion fans. Nope. We might have a Detroit might, Lion fan with I'll us root today. For, I'll root for them a little bit this year because well, they, they're pretty. They look good. Well, I, he, I'd like to see them go somewhere. Well, Anyways. here's the thing: um, in order to help so, help like smooth over that pain, we have a wonderful guest today on the podcast. We're so excited. Um, it's another author. Did, could you guess that? Nice. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, my dear friend. Uh, Tracy Bino, but she also writes as Jess Sinclair. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. I'm going to read your bio. Um, Jess Sinclair writes women's and book club fiction with heart and grit. Sinclair's debut novel, What We Could Have Been. I'm sorry, I should read that like, What We Could Have Been. <laughs> I'm just so excited about it. No, I like the first one better. That what We Could Have Been <laughs> publishes October 10th, 2023, which is... Um, when this podcast comes out, that's tomorrow. So we're super excited. It's with Alcove Press, distributed by Penguin Random House. What we could have been is a gripping and emotional tale of a woman's coming home to a small Florida fishing town she fled as a teen in hopes of repairing the broken relationship she left behind. Jess Sinclair also writes mystery novels as Tracy Gardner. Uh, the author earned the Mary Higgins Clark Edgar Award nomination in 2022 for Ruby Red Herring, also New York Public Library Best 100 uh, of 2021. That is amazing. Um, Sinclair, Thank you. writing as Gardner, penned Hallmark Publishing's first cozy mystery series, The Shepherd Sisters Mysteries. The author is represented by Francis Black of Literary Council. A Detroit native with one foot in the sand of Florida's Gulf Coast, Jess Sinclair is the mother of three, the daughter of two teachers, and works as a nurse when not writing. She lives with her husband in a menagerie of spoiled rescue dogs and cats. Sinclair is a strong believer, believer in the power of baked goods, punk rock, and good friends as staples to a happy life. Oh, Jess, welcome. Welcome, welcome Thank to you. the podcast. Thank this, you for having me. Oh, we are just so thrilled. This is like such so much fun for me because, um, well, I have known you uh, for many oh, years now. Time. Mm -hmm. We have, <laughs> yeah. So, and and just you know, you before you wrote because I know you as a mist uh, as a mystery author in cozy mystery fiction, but before that, you wrote more women's fiction, didn't you? I did. Yep. I I. Uh sort of self-published an ebook back in 2014, which was shortly after I first met you at your Howell Opera House um, yes. book event for the exile of Sarah Stevenson. Oh my God. So we go so back. It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming out for that once again. Of that course. was so fun. <laughs> that was um, awesome. It was so fun. And then Tracy and I have been on the um, Cozy Mystery um, we've, we've been doing that together. You know, you, you've yep. been writing some great cozy mysteries and <clears throat> now that was under Tracy. 
Gardner, but now you have a new name and you have a new book. I have a new name. And it comes out tomorrow. And you and I are doing a book launch party at Two Dandelions, October 10th, 6.30 p.m. We're really excited. So um want everybody to be there. But um, first of all, let me introduce you to Daniel. Uh, Daniel's over here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and Matthew. Good to meet you. <laughs> Good to meet you, too. To the mother boys. When um, does this podcast come out? Awesome. It comes out on the 9th. October 9th? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. You might want to <laughs> fast track that. Why? <laughs> Advertise the, the book signing a little bit. Well, we're trying to event. do that. Well, we, we you know what? Tracy, a.k.a. Jess, <laughs> is a master Oh, at, no. at social media. You oh, are, really? You are, oh, okay. girl. You're doing phenomenal. I, I'm trying. I'm learning. That's, yeah, you can't say more than that. I'm <laughs> learning. I'm fumbling, trying to do better on social well, media. What, I, are you, what are you using? I'm mostly on Instagram, um, and I'm learning to do reels, even though I'm a Gen Xer, which is difficult. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but. I know I have you beat because I am, I'm a boomer. You're I'm a boomer. at the very end of the boomer. I got you beat because I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. <laughs> Wait, I'm an Aries too. That's cool. I'm not an Aries. <laughs> Good try though. Oh man. Oh, I know. He's just you can't believe. When that. is Aries? What? I have no idea. Tracy, what you know is... what you are. When is your birthday? I do. I do know what, know what I am. Are you Leo? Oh. Okay. Fuck you. <laughs> he is a Leo. He is a Leo. <laughs> You can tell that the boys. Yeah, have... Let me steam a little bit, Corey. Come on, baby. All right, you know, fine, come sorry, out there and sorry. open the door and like, sorry, throw a bucket of water on my head. Sorry. But okay, so what is Aries and why does that matter? I don't actually think it matters. I just know that I'm Aries. I think it might matter. I was. Uh, I talk to people a lot, just random people. Just some of them work people. with kids, and they say that <laughs> some of the people I talk to work with kids, and they say that the kids are always super crazy during a full moon and yeah i would and, say that's true as a nurse i would oh, say that's true too. yeah that's People. super interesting yeah. so like what why do you why do you think that is really do you really want to know yeah just like honestly like so, we're pretty we're pretty open-minded so, but we will judge you here's but my, i just want to know <laughs> what okay <laughs> Dan, can i give you my theory wait wait hang on hang on i want to we should yeah we, our, let's hear your theory then then we'll get matt's theory i think like any nurse knows that things get crazy around the time of full moon. And I don't know, I'm not a scientist, but I do think it has something to do with the, the tide shift and um, the way that it affects our physiological systems. I do because shit always gets crazy around time <laughs> of full moon. It does. It does. You can't deny it. I yeah. think, I think you're absolutely true. We have a friend that worked in ER as an ER nurse. You didn't work as the, did you work in ER? Nope. Never. Uh, but uh, I think, my choice. I think I think yeah, by choice. I don't blame you, but I do believe um, that crazy things happen. They have to prepare. Mm -hmm. Go, all right, Matthew, you said you had a theory. Where is most of the emotion stored in the body, other than the brain? Where is most testosterone stored? Estrogen stored in the body. What are you? The balls. <laughs> when the moon <laughs> is at its fullest, the gravitational. <laughs> oh it's just a little bit enough to pull a little extra testosterone up to that brain, <laughs> up to that noggin of yours, and that's gonna make you want to go to a convenience store and try to get a forty, but, <laughs> but do it for free. So get it for free. So I think it's because the moon's a little closer and it's pulling a little bit more. Okay, that is exactly what Tracy just said. The moon's said. pulling your your no, the, uh, your due to gravity. So due to gravity, it's pulling the. It could be something due to gravity. The, the, the gravity's. That's pulling. actually exactly what I just said. Exactly, Tracy. <laughs> you didn't use yeah. the word gravity. You, man, you just mansplained. Yeah, but what you, she I didn't but, use the word balls or testosterone either. Yeah. But you didn't say the moon gravity was pulling extra testosterone up into my head. You didn't say that. No, I didn't say that. That's I left my that theory. part out. Yeah. Or estrogen. I like estrogen. that. I like that theory. Next time somebody asks gravitational you, testosterone. Gravitational <laughs> testosterone. You could make a whole like full moon. Uh, yeah, uh, you could write a whole thesis paper on that. Um, but you know what, Matt? That's pretty good. Keep your testosterone in check. I gotta stay away from a full moon. We are going to talk to Tracy yeah. about her book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should do that. <laughs> Why Florida? <laughs> Yeah, she's gonna be like, "Why did I say yes to this?" Yeah. I, I have a question. So you write women's fiction, 
And when I think of yeah. when I think of women's fiction, I think of like like fake tits, maybe. Like because <laughs> it's fiction, they're fake. They're not, oh, I see what you're being. <laughs> they're fake. Like an optical illusion. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're not real. You have never read a women's fiction. What is women's what fiction? You... <laughs> that's that's my question. Women's fiction is grounded in reality. Daniel, uh, I would say. Okay. <laughs> it's it's fiction. It is fiction. But, you know, where do our ideas come from when we're writing? So it's grounded in reality. It's uh, it's women's fiction is um, stories about women and the things that we deal with in our lives. It's not fake boobs. Exactly. That's that's, cool. that's more like <laughs> pornography, what you're describing, Daniel. Well, I just that's one right. thing about a woman that is fictional. That no. can be fictional. Oh, I see that's, what you're that's saying. That's in the most literal sense. Like when women make, uh, make themselves appear to be something they're not. That's fiction, but like we're talking about... Literary fiction. Literary fiction. Okay. <laughs> literary fiction. Okay, that's right. the distinction. All right. Yeah, the distinction is... But now we're on the same page. Okay. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Depends right, if you're nice. talking about books or people, right? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, they, um, so, but like, okay, so I had the privilege of reading this book um, as an arc earlier, and I absolutely loved it, because I, I was a fan of your mysteries, for sure, like, I've, I've loved your mysteries, but I will say, thank you, that this book, I couldn't put it down, it was really, Dan, don't look at me like that, this is a good book, but thank I'm you. a woman, but maybe, as a man, you might learn a little something, well, too. I, about women? About yourself. About right? people. About, about people. relationships. Because I think yeah. women's fiction, yeah. whereas Cozy Mysteries, you, we, you've talked to Cozy Mystery authors. You yeah, talk yeah. To, you've talked to um, Holly Quinn, Sherry Lynn. What did she tell you a Cozy Mystery is? Uh, come on, Dan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a murder with an amateur sleuth. Exactly. Yeah. Matthew? I interpret it as... A murder that is not too violent in a small town. Good. So yeah. that's what Tracy was doing. Now, she's now writing in a very different, what we call genre. The gruesome murders? There's, there, there are <laughs> murders in your book, though. No, there's not a murder in your book. I'm trying um, to remember. I mean, somebody. I mean, there's a, when the book opens, a lot of the storyline is about trying to figure out what happened to the main character's that's mother. Right. That's who's, right. Who's. Um, the main character's father was um, convicted of manslaughter. So why? So. You, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we could have been before we get too off the rails? Because uh, we will get off the rails again tonight. But <clears throat> why don't you describe this beautiful book that comes out October 10th, which is going to be tomorrow, Matt. Just remember that. Um, what we could have been. Okay, I have to say though I'm I'm really bad at the elevator pitch and I'm very bad at describing oh, my you, own you stuff. Don't have to, I'm sorry. No, I am too. <laughs> you don't you can just describe how it comes to you because this is not an elevator pitch. Right, right. I mean? Right. Yeah. So, so like this, what, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, what we could have been is a story of um Bluebell Shea. She goes by Blue. Um she was given the name Bluebell by her Irish mother. Um sort of out of, uh, there's a, see, this is why I'm really bad at this. There's a side storyline throughout the book um, about the fairy garden in yes. Blue's backyard, yes. which, which I'm I sure love. your sons would love. <laughs> I love that part. That was my, so yeah, I can, I can attest to this, but their bluebells, the actual flower play a, play a role. And her, yeah. uh, her main character is named after this beautiful flower garden that right. her mother who is deceased had made into a fairy garden for her when she was a child. And there are like things that we learn about Blue and her past and her mother throughout the book that come as um, sort of part of the fairy garden and everything else. And we learn more about her name. But it's basically about the main character and her childhood sweetheart who um, started as best friends when they were three, fell in love when they were teenagers, and then were torn apart, of course, um, because there has to be a story. So they yes. were torn apart by a feud between their two families and they were forbidden to see each other and <clears throat> things came to a head when she was 17 and you don't know when the story starts exactly what happened but she felt like she had no choice but to flee to leave town um, her mother had just 
died or been killed at sea and her father was sent to prison for possibly murdering her mother or negligent manslaughter. Uh, so she comes back home 10 years later and that's where the story starts. Yeah. Uh, and she, we're, you do see her throughout the story. It's basically, it is a romance, but in the bigger picture, it's a story about um, women's issues and the things that Blue has dealt with in a, in a very bad marriage and as a single mom and trying to find a way to regain the confidence that she had when she was younger, before she left. Um, and part of that is reconnecting with her childhood love, Enzo Castellari, who has a very large Italian family, which is drawn from, in some part, from the family I married into with my husband. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, some part. <laughs> yeah, because you, yeah. you juggled that very well in the book. Um, and one of the things I loved about it was the setting. It's set in Florida, but one thing I thought that, um, well, first of all, your main character is a nurse, which I think is phenomenal because you really are a nurse. So that whenever a writer writes about something they know and they know very well, it really shines on the page. So it was easy, blue, yeah, it was easy well, to write that. <laughs> easy for you. But then you also take this into the fishing industry in Florida, like the commercial fishing industry. Um, and that's what I found so fascinating because you did a phenomenal job with that. And I, I you know, as an old historical fiction writer, those are the things that jump out at me. You know, the authenticity that really helped make a story come to life for me. So I think you did a, mm -hmm. a phenomenal job with that. But so how did you, so we know how you got the nursing parts, but, <laughs> but where does, where does the fishing part come in? I didn't grow up on a fishing boat. Okay, because I thought you did. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did a lot of research, and it was really fun research. I've got, like, I'm looking at my laptop right now, and I've got tons and tons of tabs bookmarked, um, just commercial fishermen and Gulf Coast fishing and things like that. Um, but I did grow up going out on my dad's uh, sailboat as a kid, and he started with I think he had a 18 or 19 foot um, little tiny sailboat and he eventually worked his way up to like a 38 foot yacht. Oh, wow. And so we were always out on the water, a sailboat and a fishing boat. Um, but you do get, you kind of get some of the lingo. Just, I didn't even know that I still had that um, in my brain until I was writing the story. And oh, that's it just so cool. comes back to you. So that helped a lot, that... you know, just kind of grown up around boats. Oh, that is so cool. And also yeah. it takes place like around Naples, Florida. You boys have all been to Naples. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. where grandpa lived. Yeah. You know, Dang, that was where we had the funeral, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that. we don't need to talk about funerals. <laughs> Dude, I, oh. I blacked out. Way to I was it pretty down. blacked out that entire trip. <laughs> oh that was when we went to Disney, right? Yeah. Dude, that was sick. That was awesome. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Venice, Naples, Siesta Key. I'm sorry about your grandfather, by the way. Thank That's you. Really thank you. <laughs> thank you. But, uh, we sorry. had a great time, by the way. Yeah. Oh, dip, stop. <laughs> well, we went down It was there. sad. It was sad, but we had a great time. No, it was. The, you're talking about Not the, the funeral, burial. but the week. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I didn't have a good time. Because the they did the memorial later. But anyhow, yeah. we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, so have you been on a uh, ocean fishing trip down in Florida? You ever done one of those? I haven't. No, I haven't, but I spend a lot of time on, on the Gulf Coast. My parents um, have a condo in Siesta Key. So we we go a lot down to Venice and um, love the Venice Pier, like off of Sharkies, and just spend a lot of time playing on the beach. Um, and, you know, you I've been out on boats on the Gulf and on the intercoastal, but no. no I, I probably should. No, you don't. Like, I mean, you don't need go to. Go out on a commercial fishing boat. <laughs> no, not a commercial fishing boat. Well, no, but, but like, like, a like deep sport sea fishing. fishing. Yeah, deep yeah, sea deep fishing. Deep sea, like, sport lake, fishing. No, little lake fishing. I like fishing. Not the kind of fishing that's in the book. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's more like the deep sea type of fishing. And it's it's real fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's like the. It's uh, a it's living. Just, it's their business. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just, uh, what do you call it? Or what is it called again? It's. What are you talking about? Uh, like the you, commercial fishing? Or is, the, is it commercial fishing? Or is it like you yep. pay to go on someone's boat? Like a, a charter charter trips? It's no, like actually, um, it is the two families both have a commercial fishing company. So the main um, blues father has been a struggling commercial fisherman his whole life. And he's never been very successful. He barely earned a living doing that. But 
her um, childhood friend, childhood sweetheart, Enzo's family, basically has a, a monopoly on most of the Gulf Coast fishing market, um, like the Southern Gulf Coast. So they are wildly successful. Yeah. At it. They have a fleet of fishing boats. So. And so that's how, like, you know, when you go down to the coast, you go down to Florida or anywhere on the coast, they always have fresh fish. And yeah. that's where they get yeah. it from, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from, from the Castellaris. <clears throat> yeah, from the, <laughs> the fictitious <Yep>. Castellaris. <laughs> yes. Or are yep. they real? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a... Uh... Yeah, do you have any... I just know commercial fishing is pretty, uh, com- like, competitive. Like, I remember they ever watch, like, Deadliest Catch, where they, like, they go into each other's zones, and they start getting pissy at each other. I watched some of that, like, as oh, research. Did you? Yeah. As research? Yeah, it's a good show. Yeah, research. I had to. They're like, you're in my territory, Big Blue. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, like, it's like something like and they're all smokers, too, so it's hilarious. They're, Why is that hilarious? Because they all have, like, sh- they can't really yell, so they're, like... Oh, you mean they're raspy? They're raspy. Yeah, they're like, "What is he doing? He's in my territory." <laughs> but it kills me. Like you see them going after the tuna, the, that tuna fishing one out in the Atlantic. Is it called Big Tuna? That's a, a no. That's in like, that's not. Is it in Alaska? These no. these are the crab. I watch. These are the big. You're watching the Alaskan, the Alaskan king one. crab. Yeah. You're okay. That yeah. least catch. That least catch is like the northern. Pacific, right? That's like, it's Alaska. Yeah, it's like off the coast of Alaska. Yeah, it's off the coast of Alaska. I saw one. Off wicked of, Tuna is the one you're thinking I'm about. Thinking of I, tuna. I guess you, you can probably guess where that's from. Yes. So it's yeah, Massachusetts. But what was what blew my mind was they would pull out these big tuna, and tuna are getting pretty They're rare. They're so big, and they would get hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars per tuna. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. It's crazy yeah. how much big they really cool fish but yeah what a tough yeah. way to make a living i when you think yeah. about that do you really yeah. appreciate um, i think so if you're on the um in the book enzo's father doesn't he he doesn't have to get his hands dirty anymore doing the fishing he has his he's got five right. sons and employees and he doesn't need to do that end of it anymore but that's where he started yeah so, it's a, he's yeah. made his money but yeah, yep. it's, yeah, he's made it's, a de- it's a deadliest catch type of scenario. I, I, so I just read yeah. like the summary on the back and, and from your summary that you gave, like it, it seems like it's uh like there's very much like a Romeo Juliet kind of theme going on too. Is that the case? Yeah, I've, I've actually heard that from um, like early readers and I, I love that comparison. It's um very much, there was, I think there was two years when Blue and Enzo were teenagers after they were forbidden to see each other, the families had completely separated and fallen apart because they were good friends at one point. Um, there's a, a year or two where they continue to try to fly under the radar and see each other um, until everything just kind of implodes and she's forced to leave. So um, a yeah. lot of, you know, you, I forbid you to see him and a lot of uh, you'll be dead to our family kind of thing. So yeah, the Romeo and Juliet vibe. Yeah, yeah I like, like that. that yeah. She has to go to college, and he has to get. He, he got drafted into Vietnam, and then he comes. <laughs> and then he comes back from Vietnam, and he becomes a uh, shrimp boat captain. Oh <laughs> I think that's a whole different story. <laughs> I would read that. <laughs> As you can see, um, I love. I just, I, I just killed Dan right now. <laughs> Oh my God! I don't. My, <laughs> so, Dan and Matt don't read a lot of fiction, as you might be able to guess. But they do. Well, who watch doesn't some love really Forrest good, Gump? I know they love a good. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea where he was going with that until you said, "And he comes back and becomes a shrimp boat captain." No, I I, I sent Jim something uh, the other day. Uh-huh. It was a it was a it was a chart. It was just a graph, and it was like it was it was like IQ on the on the X axis and then how much money you make on the y-axis because uh-huh. they were just trying to show like oh, iq correlates to how much money you make sort of like it was does just it? a stupid it, it does a little bit but there's one outlier that is like super low iq and they make like 1.5 million a year and it, the meme is just oh they God. circled it and they're like i have so many questions and i sent it to jim <laughs> and he and he writes back i'm forced forrest gump <laughs> serendipity right that's that's yeah. like the takeaway from that movie <laughs> that's, that's amazing yeah. yeah that's good okay so tracy's is not forrest gump 
Uh, well, okay, I, I, so, okay, so so going back to the, the Romeo and Juliet th- theme, uh, so like, why is that like so like enticing to people? Because like, I mean, yeah, the, the, that seems well, to be a theme. Like, forbidden, forbidden, love, forbidden love. I mean, that's just that's kind of like the core of a lot of romance. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's is a it? Trope, it really is. Sure, it. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Tracy's like um, it's that forbidden apple, Dan. That's the root well, of it's the like story. When you love Romeo and Juliet is well, that, yeah. food, that forbidden apple. Like the from the Garden of Eden? No, yeah. not, not not so really. much that. A little bit. Well, no, because no, the, the, in that, the apple is knowledge. Well, it's the tree well, of knowledge. You know, the apple in Romeo and Juliet is Juliet. Oh. But it's the anything. Price, the price of eating the apple. <laughs> it is like anything. Forgetting. It's <laughs> death. No. It's death. It's no. death for them. Yeah, this, and no. cast out in Garden of Eden. No. What is the price of that ass? <laughs> Okay, it's, enough. What? Okay, going back to Romeo and Juliet. Why is forbidden love so? Why is that such like a popular theme? That you know what? If you think about it, the Romeo and Juliet trope is very much. Um, it's kind of a. It's kind of a like the hidden meaning be, behind just choosing your family or choosing love. Sometimes, if you have to decide, what what if you had to choose between? The person that you want to be with the rest of your life and your family that's that's it, a lot of conflict built into that like right there so there's also a little bit of like a rebellion a rebellious theme to that yeah. too because like you're yeah yeah which is also attractive to people too because it's like everyone right. I, I think everyone on some level has like a little bit of an inner rebel to them well and know? especially when you're young because like her characters are young when they meet yep and it's like you know when you love somebody and you know, like, and it's funny because people sometimes are attracted to the wrong person. And as parents, sometimes you're like, well, no, you're forbidden to see <laughs> that person, but you can't tell somebody who to love. Yeah. And I think that's like a, at the core of, and I'm sure like Shakespeare, like, it, you know, when he came up with that, he wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, groundbreaking stuff. I'm sure it happens yeah, all the time. Yeah, I'm sure he took it kind of from another story and popularized that, well, it. As, yeah. Well, probably from real life, especially yeah the time that he was writing yeah like you kings know? and queens and stuff well Kinda because like you that. had to you had to you couldn't marry like below your class right you know what i mean like uh, right that kind of a stigma um so th- so rules were very you couldn't do that back but then. you could shit in the street at that time you so. certainly could <laughs> and most people <laughs> That's I true. just want to remind you. Like, it was the smelliest. I know we tried like when i used to write historical fiction i would just be like wow it was so cool to live back in the day and then you actually realize how amazing we have it here. How bad it must have yeah. smelled. How bad it must have, yeah. You all never the, read about that in historical fiction. They all don't, the perpetual they don't stew. The perpe- well, I guess Venice. Have you ever been to Venice Dan, in the hot summer? You can't marry that girl. All right, I'm going to the alley. <laughs> <laughs> Go take a shit in the alley. Okay, oh, Matt. You get it? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, We've come so far. Okay, so, so what's like a modern, so is there like a modern day example of forbidden love or is it really just kind of the same oh, no. thing? Because like, I, I, I mean, like I, I don't think I've ever like, like experienced forbidden love where it was like, maybe uh, the gay community. Maybe, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, point, probably that's probably true. That's like the, probably the most. Well, like, probably up until recent times for sure. Like if you were, yeah. That's probably you, the most yeah. recent I can think of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But actually, I mean, do well, you... think about it though. Like, like let's say you had you fell in love with somebody um, that your parents didn't approve of. Yeah, it's just that simple, and that's kind of you know what Tracy yeah. is talking about. The parents, were I mean, really the good reason friends. doesn't really matter that. Well, much. let's say, let's say, well, like in her story, she has two right. two families that are very close, and they're in the same industry, but something happens, mm-hmm. and they become bitter enemies. And so, if you hate right. somebody happens more often than you probably think yeah i think oh, it does yeah, yeah but, it does but there's, yeah. there's a theme in many many stories i mean that's not that's not a theme that is kind of like it's a it's a, it's a way to elevate to start a story or elevate a story right you know it's like that's a starting point um, if you think about it too so much depends on the type of family you're raised in your um station in life your income level um, the type of parents you have, if you have the type of parents who are very kind of like, do your own thing, we love you no matter what, or you have parents who are, or in the case of the two characters in my book, whatever happened between those two families was unforgivable. Um, 
you know, at least in the eyes of Blue's parents. And there was no compromising on that point. They were never going to let her be with who she wanted to be with. Yeah. 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 And so that would be a very hard place to be put in. So then you'd have to make a choice. Do you choose your family or the love of your life or, but if you're really young, real, you know, realistically, can you survive? How are you going to make a living? Where are you going to live? Because, oh, I mean, I mean I've right. known people, I mean, it happens today where kids displease their parents and they get kicked out of their houses. Mm-hmm. Is it time for bed, Tracy? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> My husband has a thing. It goes off at 1030 and it's like. Bedtime. It is a bedtime, almost like a little. You know, bedtime. Oh, yeah, I have my bedtime snack. No, I have too many alarms set. I don't even know what that one's for. Oh my God, you're so good. Yeah. You're so good. <laughs> no, but that is so exciting. And we're like, so I wanted to ask you, and I know I've asked you this before, but when did you know that you wanted to be a writer? Um, When I was a teenager, I think when I was in high school, but I had, I, my, both my parents were teachers um, and very middle-class family and I knew I had to go to college that there wouldn't be a, a choice not to go to college it's just you know being a daughter of two teachers yeah <laughs> um and the idea of if I had said I want to get whatever degree I might have chosen to get so that I could follow a writing path it, it wouldn't have it, I wouldn't have been able to do it right. they would not have supported that decision they wouldn't have helped me um I mean I paid for, you know, it, it doesn't really matter, but like, I wouldn't have had any of their support if I had said, I think in a, in a family with two teachers, both my parents are great. They, but they're very, very practical. Right. So my sister and I needed to come up with something that we could do that we'd be able to support ourselves with. And at the time I didn't think they never said, you can't be a writer. I don't think I ever put it out there. I don't think I ever once said like, Maybe I could go to journalism school. Maybe I could get a degree in literature. I never, never even voiced it. I just started trying to think of what would be practical. Maybe that's your so. forbidden love. Right. Oh. <laughs> go full circle. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, that is yeah. funny because it is a thing, but that's very, and I understand that practicality, especially today when college is so expensive and you have to justify you know, right. making that, yeah. you know, paying all that money for that degree, making that degree work for you. And I do, I do get that. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But you and I both know as, as writers, uh, your parents were right. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. My parents were right. And they honestly, like my dad was an English, he was a high school English teacher. So if I had said, this is what I really want to do. This is, I want to try to make a living at this. I, I think he would have wholeheartedly said go for it right knowing knowing that I'd be living at home <laughs> but so you could I, have also you know, taught English as well you know what I mean you could have just yes. you could have just like couch like yeah. dad I want to be an English teacher slash famous author <laughs> I didn't have that kind of common sense when I was 18 <laughs> oh who does that's the thing yeah you're so no. you're so vulnerable when you're 18 like for like I guess yeah. for our generation it's like they're basically told you that was your only option when i was in high school they were like your only option is to go to college or you know they never they never like brought up like skilled trades or any other career path other than going to college i didn't yeah i didn't even know that there were other options and we did try to we tried to kind of expand that that view with our kids but um i mean both my parents were teachers had degrees that was that was the path that you you know yeah (laughs) And it's not a bad path. And I think college is very valuable, especially for life skills. You know, I mean, I you mean, better go to college for that's going to for something that's going to make you money. Yeah. Like, like ultimately, you like, go to college for something. You have to be able to survive. Money. Yes. You, you're you're I, I think that's that's kind of missing from a lot of people's like and it's kind of an amazing privilege to be able to go to college for something you don't yeah. even need to, to do to survive. Yes. It's a very yeah. big privilege, is right. Yeah. And when you're it paying is. for that, and you're paying a hundred thousand yeah. dollars for that. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot yeah. of money. But I think, like, although I do. Needs... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I know, like, right now, and this is off topic, but there is a huge need for skilled trades for all skilled trades. So, I mean, and you can make you can make a very good living doing that too, and that's an education as well. So. Oh yeah. It's in, yeah. In fact, the coolest thing is our high school here in Howell 
they built a house actually down the road from us. And we, you know, they, the, oh, whole, wow. the kids do this. So they teach them the skilled awesome. trades and they actually build a house and it's a beautiful house and it's for sale like now. Yeah. And they're actually cool. building another one next to it. So they, this, the school owned the property. It used to be, I think at one time it was like the high school, then it was a middle school, then it was a grade school, then it was a teen center. Yeah, that's where we would we would go and like hang out after school at this place. It was like a community I know where center you, yep. thing. Yeah. I know where you're talking yeah. about. And so now yep. they leveled it and um, they are, the, I mean, the school owns it. And so they're using it as um, single family homes, which I thought was so cool. I would love to take a tour of it. Yeah. And but, then you're getting some of that training as a high school student before you even graduate. I mean, imagine graduate. that. Right. Yeah. Imagine that on that's your amazing. high school resume. I built a house. Right. I mean, that's amazing. So I, I applaud <laughs> um, creative school districts that are doing that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, because there are many other options. And the thing, the truth is, like, you know, I'll tell you and Tracy will tell you, but you don't need a writing degree to be an author. Because clearly <laughs> neither one of us have a writing <laughs> degree. Yeah. yeah. And we're both um, working yeah. well, authors. It's kind of like you don't need to be, get a degree in music, right? To be a musician, right? Yeah. Well, it, any yeah. art, really? Any art, really? It helps, you know. To, I, I guess it would be nice, or at least to take classes, to, you know, to pursue something that you love. Like I used to take because I was not really great in English. <laughs> don't tell your dad. But no, I was like, <laughs> you weren't. No, because I have a spelling issue, and I'm probably a little dyslexic. Matt, Matt has oh. it. But I used to not spell very well, and I used to be very intimidated used by English. To. Yeah, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> that's what spell check is for. Um, but I like spell telling stories, so I, it does spell check and mess you up. And sometimes it doesn't catch obvious errors that I've made, and I, oh my gosh, it, it's not perfect. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, to, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't want to go down that road because I just finished edits on a, a novel that's due tomorrow, but. Um, <laughs> but I used to take creative writing in, co in high school and college to fulfill my English quotas. And that's, I always did really well in those because I was more creative. Uh, in fact, right. my English teacher used to say sense. creative spelling too, you know, like he liked my <laughs> stories, but he would circle. <laughs> and, you know, over the time I learned, you know, obviously it's yeah. not as much as an issue as it was. Um, but, you know, my mother's spelling came naturally to her. She was a great speller. I would use her, and then I would have dictionaries. Kids today don't even you – don't, you don't even have to use dictionaries. Well, I mean, that's, so lucky. that's the amazing thing about the Internet, I guess. And, and I was, I was going to make another point, too, that, like, you know, you almost don't even need to go to college for much – I mean, a lot, a lot of things you can literally oh. teach yourself – for free on the internet like if you had the via youtube desire swear yeah. to god i yeah. mean like even a lot of art things like yeah. if you want to take a class on how to draw yeah you can find probably a thousand tutorials on youtube that are te like taught by someone who is like pretty excellent at art you and you can learn how to be an engineer i don't i no, don't think to, so no, i you, honestly you don't think so because you an engineer an engineering degree is it's really just an applied mathematics degree. It's it's like you are basically you basically have a degree in math, but it's just applied in some discipline, some extra discipline. That's how that's at least my thought about that. So you could probably get good enough at math and then take I mean, it, it, it's just you kind of need help, I think, at some point with these super technical degrees. I think you kind of right. do need yeah. help. To, yeah. from a professor you need like the, this really really skilled like doctorate studied this thing for years did all this research to kind of teach you but, what, but what you're saying has a very you're you're like tracy and i like tracy learned a lot about the fishing industry from the internet like for yeah. me yeah like i wrote scottish historical fiction and i would just get every book i could i would just create the world of historic scotland from every resource i could find and in right. that way yeah. you know so much that it's almost like taking a really guided master's level class, but you don't ever have to take a test. You just write a novel. That's true. Yeah. So you know what I mean? That's true. I did wonder though, like as, and I don't know, Darcy, like what your experience was with way, if you think way back to querying oh, and trying geez. to get a literary event, and then the process of finding, you know, a home for your books. I always wondered if it would help. I'm sure that it would help if I had a writing degree, if I could say, you know, I have a master's in this or I've, you know, whatever, um, as opposed to just saying I, I wrote this no. <laughs> and I'm a nurse. Like, no, you know, I, it's different. So 
I'm not downplaying the fact that I'm a nurse, but no, if I had no, no. followed but, the right career path, it probably would have helped. I don't think the so. Query letter. I'm going to say, I don't I, think so. I'm going to say, no, I used to think the same way because you look at query letters and, you know, when we were studying mm-hmm. and, and trying to get that agent, which is very important in our careers or our jobs, you know, that's the first step to becoming like a traditionally published author. And so I remember because I was a stay home mom. You know, I had a degree in sports science, uh, kinesiology. <laughs> that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with writing. Um, and I used to feel bad about that, too, because then after a while, like, you know, so I would just get creative. Um, you know what I mean? With, you know, I wouldn't even sometimes put my my uh, accolades, right? Not yeah. In, yeah. yeah. It, because at some point, I do feel, because there's a lot of people that have masters in fine arts, uh, MFAs, and they might like that might be attractive to a certain type of agent, but I was told like one of the top selling um, mystery authors is um, oh gosh her name just I had her name it just dropped out of my head uh, Tess Gerritsen. Oh yeah, she yeah. wasn't she a doctor? I think she was a doctor, and she just oh, started I don't, I don't. fiction, and her fiction took off, and she ended you know s- stepped away wow. from her practice. I was told um, that you know. A storyteller is a storyteller, you know what I mean? To tell the type of story that we, that you can tell, um, that's, a, yeah. that's a different skill set than just, you can teach somebody how to write a beautiful sentence, you can teach them how to construct a sentence, but you can't teach them how to tell a story. You can say, hey, yeah, the story I get that. has a be- beginning, a middle, and an end. It has to have conflict, resolution. You know, we all know but these buzzwords. But ultimately, it's like, it's, that is the creative process, is, but is I, coming up with the story. And right? I don't know about yeah, you, but you can't I... can't have yeah. a professor, like, try and tell you Cram what, creative what, nonsense is, what is creative and what isn't creative. Right. Like, like that's that's where you, you lose your creativity. When, and I right. used to be in a writer's group. And not were, creative enough. Right. Now we were C, led... C minus. Well, exactly. No, we were, no, we were read <laughs> by, led by a woman who was a beautiful writer. Um, and she had an MFA and all of her friends, but they, they write these beautiful sentences. But I do feel that there's more to just telling a story than writing a beautiful sentence. You know what I mean? So sometimes yeah. the more yeah. education you have, maybe the more it can get in your way. Because whenever somebody asks me like, oh, I want to be a writer. I want to go to school for writing. My whole thing is go to school <laughs> for something that you're going to get paid for and then write on the side. Because you really don't, you know, you need to, you need to I think that's good advice and you need to in know general. How, yeah. yeah. Because if you're a storyteller, it just, you just got to practice. Um, yeah. you know, there was a, I can't remember the name of this uh, particular author, a uh, big best-selling author, but he used to drive a truck. And while he was driving his truck, he would create these stories and he became, um, a big author. And I can't remember, this was back in the nineties. So I can't really remember what the books were but oh, no, I'm curious popular I will it was something about a mouse <laughs> I can't remember it's so funny I can see it in my head but I a it's, mouse. it's late and it's dropped out is but, it the book mouse? <laughs> no no but he it was a series and a it was book. very popular probably in the late 90s Stuart Little is it Stuart mm, no Little? not quite but it was more it was more fantasy <laughs> sci-fi type stuff. I love Stuart Little <laughs> oh my gosh don't we yeah no those, no. yeah Forever. those books Oh my gosh, yeah. those were so amazing. Uh, so wait, I have a question for you, Tracy. So we, when you started writing, so you 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 went to nursing school, right? And you mm-hmm. got a nursing yep. degree, and then you were a nurse. And then how did you like? Are you still a nurse now? Are you still working actively as a nurse? And then how did I still work as a nurse? Yeah. Okay. And then how do you have? How do you do two careers yeah. at the same yeah, time? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> nursing is like incredibly intensive. <laughs> It can be, yeah, it can be a lot sometimes. Um, I didn't write it. I wrote through high school. I wrote short stories and angsty song lyrics and stuff like that. But then I didn't write anything from the time when I was 17 or so until after I had my son when I was like 32. Um, So I'd been a nurse for quite a while by then. And I just, I think it was just, something I always wanted to do just for me, because I always wanted to try to write. um, I can't even say write a book. I wanted to write a full length manuscript for a book. I I don't think I really ever thought that I'd be able to publish, Um, but I wanted to just see if I could write a whole story from beginning to end, like a novel length story. So I started writing um, at night. I don't need a lot of sleep. 
So oh I tend to God. write, you know, I wrote after my kids are in bed and my husband's in bed. And um, that's usually when I get the most done. So, wow, that's crazy. so wow. what's your like, what's your like day like? Like what's your like schedule? Yeah. Like, huh? <laughs> that's crazy. I work from, I'm really lucky. I work from home now. Um, as a nurse, it's kind of like a, a case management, telehealth, sort of a, a nurse job. Um, that happened at the end of 2020. I was I was a home care nurse for 20 years, um, and I was taken wow. out of the field because COVID happened. And I have some high risk um, health things myself. And my doctor said you shouldn't be going into people's houses during COVID. So um, she took me out of the field, but it ended up being a good thing. So I work from home, um, and right now I just work. It's four 10-hour shifts, so I have Wednesdays off. And Wednesdays are literally, I try to look at it like I don't have Wednesdays off because Wednesdays are writing days or marketing days or whatever I need to get done for, oh for the book. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, that's that awesome. is like, whew, that then, is amazing. And then you write at night additionally, like you get a couple hours in at night. I try to, yeah. I mean, and lately, like in Darcy, you know this too, like when you have a book coming up, yeah. like that's coming out soon, a lot of the time that I would try to set aside to write ends up being, I'm just trying to like get the word out there about the book. So I, but I know like with myself, if it's been a while since I've actually sat down and written like creatively fiction from from my head, um, I get crabby. I get, I, I get like... <laughs> irritable and crazy. so I'm at that point now where I've been like so focused on trying to get the word out about this right. book that I really need to just I have I'm gonna have to force myself to like sit down and start writing um even if it's bad even if I have oh, to throw it away I need to start writing no but you know and it's something that's why we're writers and we talk about this I talk about this with friends like Tracy but um you know it's like if you weren't a writer what would you be doing and it's so funny because there are days, and I know you maybe think this too, but sometimes I'm like, oh, what the heck am I doing? So um, so I know, like, if you don't write, I mean, somebody said, you you know, like, if you, um, if you weren't a writer, what else would you want to do? Like, was there something else? Like, if you had a choice, like, what would you be doing if you weren't writing? I, that's a tough question. Um, a lot of nurses I know are, they fit that, that stereotypical, I always wanted to be a nurse. It's the one thing I always wanted to do. I, this sounds awful. So I hope like no one who's ever had me as a nurse is listening, <laughs> oh, like, I <laughs> but like I never this. wanted to be a nurse. I never did. That I'm, I'm actually, I'm, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, I'm good at it. I yeah. am, I'm a very good nurse and, and I do a great job with my patients, but it was never something I aspired to do. So, oh. but if I wasn't writing, um, I don't know what would be my creative outlet. I have, I, I can't draw or paint or sing. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So you're, I mean, you're a writer and it's something like, you know, we write because I think we just do it. Like we have to, like, if you don't, yeah. if you stop writing sooner or later, a story is going to come through. And yeah. that is a weird yeah. thing. It's hard to explain yeah, that it to is. people. And like the, it's hard to teach people how to write a novel and I literally can't tell people how I do what I do, but I have learned um, that I just, I come up with a story in my head and then I just turn off like the, my critical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Women's fiction, everybody. Women's fiction. I get it. No, no, because when you turn off that critical <laughs> inner voice, that's when, that's when like. are dying over this one. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's when you get the good content where you'll go back and read it and be like, right. Oh my God, that all, all those clues add up perfectly. Look what I did. I don't yeah. even remember. If doing you it. overthink it, like you can plot. And you're I in plot a flow a state. No, you are. Yeah. What is it called? An alpha That's, state? You're in the zone. You're in the zone. You're in the zone. You're in, the zone. You're in a flow That's state. That's for real. I get like yeah. that bubble. I've heard it. I've heard it's called bubble. a bubble. I've heard it's yeah. called the bubble where you pretty much ignore everything else that's happening around you. Uh-huh. And yeah, you're I, focused solely I, focused on what you're I doing. get that like really bad sometimes. Yeah. Like because I, I, I do a lot of like other stuff on the side and I'm trying to other various projects, not writing, but similar. You know, well, like I, I can kinda yeah, I can kinda language, like, yeah, it's sure. I can I can kinda empathize or sympathize with what right, you guys are saying. And like my it's funny, my girlfriend will just 
I'll just like ignore so many things. Like I literally, I'll have so many unread text messages. I'll have so no. many like missed calls and like, oh, I don't know, it's no. just funny. And like my girlfriend will get mad at me sometimes. She's like, what the hell is, what are you doing? Oh, it's hard to explain <laughs> to people because Tracy, you know, and it's like uh, when you're writing like that and you kind of have to black out the world because you're in this different world yeah. and it makes sense. And like I say, if I overthought what I did, if somebody said, what is your strategy? I don't, I couldn't really tell you, but you, I know it works for me. And I know right. how, I know that if I just, cause sometimes I'll say, can I do this again? Can you got to get this in the again? zone. Auto what zone. if I can't tell another story? And you always have this panicky moment. Um, don't you, do you have all, the always, I always have that moment where I yeah. think, I don't know how I did this last exactly. time and I don't think I can do it again. Is the magic yeah. going to come? That's so Where's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, because like, yeah. like I have to, like, do you yeah. know what I mean? I have to start another novel, like tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I listen to comedians, like comedian podcasts mm -hmm. a lot, and they say the same thing because they have to come up with a whole oh, hour wow. of material and then they record a special. And then once they've done that, they might spend a year or two coming up with their hour. And yeah. then wow. after that, after they record, oh, they, wow. they basically scrap every, well, they don't retell jokes because they don't want to. They want to have right. new content. Well, they want like to keep developing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So right. they start basically clean slate. They just completely clean slate. Oh my God. And it's like, they say the, the exact same thing where it's like, they like almost don't even know if they could do it. They're like, how did I even, how do I even yeah. do it before? How do I do how it How am better? I going to do it again? And it's like, right. you're almost, it's like this weird, like anxiety thing. Or you're I, kind of forced into like this, like, like sink or swim again yes and, and i don't know why but i think subconsciously so i think a lot of people stress over that because i i don't know about you but i don't get writer's block because i don't allow myself to have it and and by saying that you know like so my my technique is um like i said i just sit there and i don't i'm not very harsh on myself i just have the idea and i just start going with it and if it's bad i can the next day i can come back and change things up but it usually like yeah. I said, if you tap into that right energy and that right mind state, um, what happens I is think magic. It is. It is. And I think that's part of it. You're very prolific. And the fact you, you just mentioned a little while ago that you have um, a manuscript due tomorrow. Yes. And it sounds like you're done. You're not doing it at 1159 at night. You're a rock star. <laughs> I mean, that's not my process at all. And I always have that that doubt at the beginning. And yes. if you do, if you, if you second guess yourself, then you get into the whole imposter syndrome thing. And I'll convince myself I can't write like oh, for crap. I just, call me and I'll just say, Tracy, turn <laughs> the brain off. You see that wall yeah. over there? Yeah. See that wall? Run through it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you should be a life coach. You should be a writing coach. <laughs> see that? <laughs> see, I wrote Danny again. Whenever he says that, <laughs> this one just can't. Like, they're just, Dan can't even breathe right now. Oh, man. But, <laughs> that could be a strategy. You could, Matt, you could sell. You could, your you could be a life coach. As a you life coach. Could be a life Comedian coach? life coach. I just don't put up with people being pussies. Oh, my God. Don't Stop being pussies. <laughs> like, I've seen videos where people are like, oh, they like make fun of people. Like, they're like, I have depression. My friend keeps telling me to work out. And then I'm like, well, have you? Have you tried working out? No, you haven't. Well, it, I think people I, are getting their own way. That's it's, that's a yeah. whole other thing that's we shouldn't thing, even go into. I mean, yeah, there's so many reasons why people that. can and can't do stuff, and I don't even want to. But, yeah, but just on avoid a that. very basic. <laughs> no, that Trace, was a very basic thing. Tracy could probably like, speak to that way more than we can. But get up, do things. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It starts with it's you. It's hard. It's just a, don't, I don't, don't so, get in your head too much. That's the thing. Yeah, you got to stay in reality. There is something to be said. But like, okay, so like something I struggle with is like just having the discipline to like do the things I know I need to do every single day. And like, that's something that like you, I mean, you guys both do that exceptionally well. Cause like you, you're writing books and then you have a whole other yeah. life, especially like you, Tracy, you have two full-time careers <laughs> and a family. Tracy's the rock star. So it's like, how do you have like the discipline to like keep all of that in line and like still produce and like perform? Right. And how, how do you do like, Yeah. What's that process I... like? How do you do that? I think because I'm my own worst enemy and my, I truly, my biggest competition is myself. So yeah. I will, I will beat myself up if I know that I could have, could have written a chapter over the last week, but I didn't, you I know, and we have that. people to answer to um, besides ourselves. So it's, it's, and I, I guess I feel keep like yourself I don't accountable have almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. 
You, but because, well, well, see, Tracy's an achiever. And it's so well, funny because right. I know you have people that do this, Tracy, <laughs> that come up to you and say, I have an idea for a story. I have a great idea. Like, um, you a know. A choo-choo that yeah. flies. No. You, <laughs> it's in love with a no, bus. It's in love with a cloud. Or they'll tell you. Or maybe <laughs> they, but the clouds they can't the get trains. there because it's stuck in the tracks. <laughs> the clouds and the trains hate each other. The cloud, the cr- the cloud and the train war. <laughs> all right, okay, we've, is that derailed. Your story? we've derailed. <laughs> yeah, we've derailed. Literally, you've okay, derailed. Okay, yeah. Us. All right, let's um, But it's a children's book. It is a ch- uh, yes, but but the difference, yeah. like, do they have these ideas? But the difference between like Tracy and myself is that like ideas are just ideas. They're nothing unless you actually take them and make them work for you. I have too many ideas. I so I don't get writer's block either. Like you said, I really have never had writer's block, but I have imposter syndrome which is oh man tracy, probably just as you bad you call me you no. text me and i'll oh i just turn like i say tracy you have to learn to turn your I brain off i can think myself out of it i always have so yeah <laughs> if it makes you feel any better that happens to a lot of people who are very creative. i think it does even yeah. uh like people that are high up like i know like professional athletes yeah. like uh, everyone like my brother yeah. jim says he i mean he's very like accomplished in his career and he definitely gets imposter syndrome oh, he's and it's so funny. crazy yeah. talking to him about it and you're like what the how yeah yeah he always and then he pulls something through and i but i think that i think maybe we yeah. thrive on that you know maybe. what i mean yeah I the think, pressure of that yeah. yeah the crippling pressure of imposter yeah. syndrome <laughs> maybe that's your crippling secret pressure, yeah that's your secret is that it you, might get, be. you get in a flow state you have imposter imposter syndrome which like somehow there's some weird feedback loop that like puts you into a flow state because you have to be like I, I don't know right yeah. yeah i'm not under you're still you're under contract right now for i don't know how many i have nothing under contract right now well you're so going that's to. a really that's a free falling really scary and that is, I, think <laughs> that, I think that dan what is going on right, hang James, on James my son's there. like ex, all the those God, dude, if you're listening your to turn this, off your that's phone daniel dude. daniel's very popular right now he Dude. has to call his girlfriend back. Yeah. You need to talk to your oh, girlfriend. It's your brother now. God, it's, it's... Girlfriend, brother, same thing. I'll just text okay. him. <laughs> uh, not the same thing. It is not. I know. We're just giving you giving a hard time. Um, no, but it's... Um, it's baby bear. Ba- no, it's baby. Baby, baby bear's calling. Baby bear's calling. Oh your God, girlfriend? So no, my brother. My baby brother, bear. Baby bear. So who's, who's hurting you right now, baby bear? <laughs> Okay, stop talking about it. He's a sweet, innocent little man who's six seven. He's a sweet man. He has a sweet man. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk about Jim later. Yeah. Okay. We're talking to Tracy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but not having a contract is hard because, and you will get one. Um, but it is. Thank you. It gives you the freedom, though. Like so, yeah, it's kind of like a, that's true. a breath of fresh air because. But I think, like I will say, I mean, are you? I, I've talked to you before, but I think you're you're very happy writing women's fiction. Is that like a natural thing, or is there something else you want to be writing? No, that's that's kind of um, this book was just it was easy. It was like it was already it was already there. The story was already written. I just had to to you know put so it down on paper, so to speak. Does women's fiction have to be like set in like a modern era? That's a good question. No. That's a good question. No. No, because if you think about the one that's coming out next year, the Kristen Hanna book, who I would, I mean, she's right, a women's fiction yeah. queen. She's, doesn't that take place? It's called The Women. Doesn't that take place in, um, oh, I can't think of which war it is. It, do, it doesn't, is it, World it can War be one? historical, it can be contemporary. I yeah. It. Can it be science fiction? No. No, because no, then that's science can't. fiction. That's the whole science other genre. Yeah. Can it be in space? Science women's fiction? What are you yeah. saying? Can it be in space? Can it be in space? <laughs> that's um, a whole other genre. It's a whole other genre? Okay. Probably. So it has to think say, so. like, grounded. Is there any weird rules with grounded women's fiction? Reality. Yeah. yeah Is there any, you know, like, there's rules, like, when, like, uh, what's the rule with, like, the um, if there's a TV show or a sitcom or something and it has a girl in it and she has to, like, talk about a guy or something? You she can't talk about a guy. Or she can't talk about. There's some test or oh, something that, that has writing, to pass. Do you remember what that is, Tracy? It's no. um, Betchel. Is it Betchel test? Uh, no, that sounds like a real test. <laughs> I think it's a. There was something that I think the writers in Hollywood uh, adhere to, um, but it's like a woman can't be talking about a man. In they have to talk about something 
Is this an old rule though? No, it's modern. Yeah, it is the it's the Bechdel test, a measure of the representation of women in film and other forms of fiction. Oh, I think I read. Yeah, the work must feature at least two women who speak to each other about something other than a man. Some iterate. Yeah, okay. So it's like sort of like that. Okay. But my my point is, is there any weird like rules, for uh like about the industry like that? Not that I'm aware of, and. And having written, I wrote five cozy mysteries. There are a lot of rules <laughs> yes. for cozies, a lot. And if you don't follow those rules, cozy mystery readers will call you out on that. Really? So, yes. This is What's yeah. like, like what? Can you give us an example? Um, I, your mom, honestly, <laughs> can answer it better than I can. But, um, you know, the use of even a swear word here and there yeah. can really ruffle a lot of others if you're, writing cozy mysteries. People read cozy mysteries for for specific reasons. And one of the reasons is they want a clean read most of the time. Yes. So they're you getting, do have to kind of, yeah. They're getting a little like as, as you know, we get become more modern. I think they're, they're yeah. bending the rules a little bit and you can push the boundaries a little bit, but I did get in trouble from a lady because I, when my, my heroine or my character, my main character came upon a dead body. She said, Oh my God, uh, and I got in trouble for that because that was using the Lord's name in vain. Mm. But, you know, and, and I felt bad, but I'm like, I'm not a Christian writer. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a writer, a Christian writer. And there's a difference. So I didn't right, consider right. that yeah. when I wrote it, my editors and my agents didn't say anything. Sometimes, right. like now, though, if I have a character who's English or Irish and I can swear in English or Irish, like I will say, <laughs> I will say like, I'm wanker. Arse. Bo- Arse. Bullocks. <laughs> You can get away um, with that? You can get away with that? I can get away with wanker. I, I shart my oh my kilt. God, that's awesome. Wow, really? Shart. Um, I just wrote a... I sharted. Fun <laughs> fact, that's the first word I use for shart. wordle. Yeah, every shart. time I use the word shart. It's the perfect first word if you think about and it. what does it stand for, Daniel? Shart is a, it's like a, it's an abbreviation <laughs> of the two words shit and fart. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Tracy, It's the perfect book. first wordle word because it uses, it has like S-H, you know, A- it's like a uh, that uh, R and T. It's got like all these like really popular letters in it, and it's a funny <laughs> word. It's the perfect first wordle word. It's You're a, giving your secret away. Your well, you, the world can have it. It's pretty good. No, but I don't think I've ever read that word you know in any is, book right? that I've ever read. Well, now it's yours to use. You, you know, you know <laughs> that's what, one of the gifts we what? have here at you know the Motherboy Podcast. Means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Matthew, we don't have to describe it. Yeah, but you can write that word in your book. It's, and it's fine. But here's the thing that I learned from this other awesome cozy mystery author. I was down in Charleston. Um, Carlene O'Connor writes a Irish mystery, and I was reading her Irish mystery. She's great. Book. She's yeah. wonderful. And she says, feck, feck all, feck it, you know, and she's oh. saying, right? And I'm yeah. laughing because I'm like, wow, you can get away with feck if you just misspell that word. And she <laughs> had this one character say something, and I'm like, it was really bad. But she was like, feck me five ways to Sunday or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. it, F-E-C-K. And I was like, brilliant. So I use that. Yeah. And the Irish book yeah. coming out and I'm like, oh, because I have an Irish character. It's like, you know, <laughs> we're talking about St. Patrick's Day and he's like, oh, feckity, feckity, feck, feck, you know, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, this is like the, the, the American, this is a world. It gets it, through. It gets through. The, age, the agents and that's editors so funny. don't say a thing. And I, um, it's a loophole. It's a, yeah. Yes. We found, we found yeah. a cozy mystery loophole. <laughs> Just don't swear in English. Um, and I never have gotten in trouble for that's awesome. Any word my English character says, or any word uh, I don't know if it's awesome, Matt, but it's that's like awesome. it's a little way to. <laughs> I think it's awesome. That's cool. It's funny. That's cool. Or, or you can find other words to say that aren't swear because I don't always appreciate. You know, I, mean, I yeah, you have to get a little creative. You know, you have to. Your characters are going to want to say that sometimes, and maybe they're not Irish. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a big day coming up. And this is going to, this podcast comes out October 9th. We have October 10th. Do you want to, you want to plug what's happening on October 10th, Tracy? I'm so excited. We will be at Two Dandelions in Brighton. Darcy, Hannah, and myself, Justin, Claire, will be at Two Dandelions in Brighton, Michigan at 630. Talking book stuff. I know. I'm going to interview, I'm going to interview you. Um, but really, it's going to be a conversation because you know how I interview. I just chit chat with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your social media? Give, give us your social media handles. Uh, Justin Clear writes 
on Instagram. I think there's, I think it's just Sinclair dot rights for Instagram. Oh, is it? Um, I just have it pop. Okay. I have pop up Justin. I'm going to have to check that. I but, don't. And then Facebook, I'm Tracy Gardner slash Justin clear. And I'm, I'm almost never on Twitter anymore, but I don't know my Twitter handle. I know. It's I X can now. tell you. It's oh X yeah. Now. It's been so long. It's oh X now. yeah. <laughs> oh my okay. Gosh. Oh, Dan, Dan. It's Tracy her underscore on twitter oh my god dan's playing his what he would consider women's romantic fiction this is the music. song i think of when i think of women's fiction what do you think about that Tracy? that's fair yeah <laughs> yeah well that titanic was about more than just jack and rose right it's about oh, the ship yeah the ship oh, the ship sinking ladies and gentlemen okay, what wait. the heck i know Tracy. <laughs> what is that it's uh, my heart will go on, but it's on the recorder. I know it's on the, it's rec- a it's on the recorder. Oh my god! Okay, play the real one. <laughs> we usually always like to play a fun song. Okay, turn that off. Oh, <laughs> I am so sorry, Tracy. God. You come on and we pretend we're professionals. I feel like that's um. what they played when the second Titanic ship sank. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I know this is our this is the our good song. Band our good died with the first ship. Yeah, the good band died with the first. Oh, ship. but we got Timmy with a recording. <laughs> <laughs> we should really anyhow. stop naming these ships Titanic. Yeah. All right, but anyhow, Tracy, it was such a <laughs> pleasure to have you on tonight. Thank and you. I'm, I had a lot of fun. Yes, Thank and you. Um, please, anybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to talk over the Titanic because right, it's so iconic. But um, hopefully, I come on out tomorrow to Two Dandelions, October tenth, um, and yes. see Tracy and her new book. Um, what we could have been is amazing. So please, everybody listening, um, check it out. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold. So Tracy, it was Thank wonderful, you. and we're gonna play you off with the Titanic. With okay, awesome. Great That's talking great. to you, friend. Yeah. Take care. Thanks, Tracy. That Thank you, awesome. Tracy. That Thank was really you so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Dan. Hey, this is Matt. Hey, if you like this podcast, please consider liking and subscribing. As well as sharing it with your friends and family. Also, if you're interested in Darcy Hanna's books, you can check them out on Amazon or DarcyHanna.com. Anyway, thank you for your time and your listen. Have a great day. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.